Type nine, the peacemaker. I am currently in grad school, working multiple jobs, volunteering, and in the middle of moving. But I said yes to doing this, not because of the fame and fortune this podcast is sure to bring me, but because I am a classic nine. I wanna keep the peace, show up for my friends, and don't know how to say no. Nines are easygoing, accepting, trusting, and stable. But they can also be too willing to go along with others to keep the peace, and this can lead to complacency. Nines are extremely empathetic and can usually see the world through every point of view. Nines can have the strength of eights, the sense of fun and adventure of sevens, the dutifulness of sixes, the intellectualism of fives, the creativity of fours, the attractiveness of threes, the generosity of twos, and the idealisms of ones. However, what they generally do not have is a sense of really inhabiting themselves, a strong sense of their own identity. I have never been a controlling person or very decisive. Games can be just as fun when people tie. Typically, when you ask a nine things like, where should we go to eat? What movie should we see? What activity should we do? We usually don't care. Or we flip it back on its head and say, what would you like to do? Famous type nines include Abraham Lincoln, the Dalai Lama, Walt Disney, Ronald Reagan, Marge from The Simpsons, Audrey Hepburn, and Lisa Kudrow. Which I know Phoebe was just a character she played, but whenever I'm in a group and the conversation turns to which friend's character are you, I always get the token Phoebe. Type 9's core desire is to maintain their inner stability and peace of mind, to create harmony in their environment, preserve things as they are, to avoid conflicts and tension, to escape upsetting problems and demands put on them. Sounds like an okay desire, right? For me, it's always been trying to move from this mentality of avoiding conflict at all cost. And this cost is usually my emotional health because I control, I bottle, I suppress all these emotions that I'm feeling. And I think the reason I do that is because I don't think emotions can be trusted. I witness people using them as weapons or believe that emotions are a sign of weakness and I wanted nothing to do with them. So with most nines, the fear is that conflict can equal separation. It can equal loss of love. It can equal abandonment. And this is why it must be avoided at all times. Yet the people I have been in relationships with tend to feel closest to me after a resolution of a conflict. Now, and I think that's common in most relationships, no matter what type you are. I mean, you feel closest after you go through something together. And the truth is, if you fellow nines didn't have a gut reaction to my analogy about conflict creating paralyzing fear of loss and separation, I hear you. I didn't react that way at first either. Avoiding conflict has become so second nature to me that I didn't even know I was doing it. Often nines had a truly painful incident in their youth, and they learned to dissociate. 
Maybe they learned the best way to keep harmony in the family was through disappearing or removing their needs from the picture. They brought value by being low maintenance and this often led to bottling their anger or pretending it wasn't there at all. In childhood, nines usually did not receive the message of your presence matters. My parents had a messy divorce when I was eight. So messy, in fact, that my mom moved my brother and I 10 hours from our home to put some distance between my dad and his mistress secretary. It's the first time I remember being a peacemaker. I had witnessed so much conflict that I never wanted to experience it again, and I learned I was really good at creating peace and harmony, and that's exactly what my new family desperately needed. One of my favorite movies is Goodwill Hunting, and sometimes I joke because I totally have had that it's-not-your-fault moment with my therapist growing up. But instead of my therapist breaking me down and me crying and then us embracing, my reaction was more along the lines of, yeah, why would it be my fault? What do I have to do with their marriage? I've always told it as a funny story. Look how egocentric I am. It didn't even occur to me that it could be my fault. But now I look back and think, maybe I never believed I was important enough to make or break something. Nine's biggest fear is loss and separation. It's interesting now being in grad school for mental health. I want to work with families in the hospital setting. Some of what I do is called sibling support. This means making sure that siblings are not the forgotten children through the trauma of illness. For example, your sibling has cancer. Your needs will always take a back seat. That's just a given. You can't be mad that mom and dad missed your softball games or even your birthday. Your needs aren't as important because you are healthy. This is how I felt and continue to feel about one of my brothers. While my brother never had a chronic illness, he has always been in chronic conflict. So I gave myself the role of a peacemaker, and I've stuck with it all my life. I got good grades while my brother barely passed. I joined every club while my brother was being expelled or arrested. Somehow I thought that the success, happiness, and harmony of our family would only be possible if I balanced things out by being low maintenance, independent, and above all, good. Nines can be daydreamers or are often told that they are being on autopilot or can go on autopilot. I am often asked, what are you thinking? And my mom's favorite thing to say to me is, penny? Meaning penny for your thoughts. I'm usually not filtering things. I just have a very slow processing time. I swear I do have opinions. They are there somewhere. They just aren't as readily accessible as others, which sounds ludicrous, I know. Nines typically have trouble with stubbornness. Not being able to be flexible pisses me off so much. Get over it, dude. This is why I think I'm a nine with an eight wing, the referee. While I am a delightful mix of agreeableness and strength, I, in my less healthy range, can pop off with mean comments or defensive tones, then suddenly return to a state of calm. I can say the most biting, mean one-liners, and when the victim looks my way, trying to process what I just said, they can't believe it and tend to shake it off because it's nice, kind, passive, 
just read. This can frustrate witnesses, meaning my friends, because it leaves them saying, I could never get away with saying something like that. You can also be a type nine with a one wing, the dreamer. They are very imaginative and creative, and they are particularly good at nonverbal forms of communication, such as playing an instrument, dancing, or sports. They can make great therapists or ministers, but when they are less healthy, they can lose themselves in unessential tasks and random busyness. They can become morally prideful and concerned with being overly proper. They are less likely to express anger than their referee counterparts. How type nines relate and manipulate. They usually do this by checking out and being passively aggressive. One thing I came across in the nine type was a reoccurring theme of sloth and laziness. And while I think it's important to talk about, I don't really relate. A friend said I might not feel lazy right now because I am in school and there are due dates and timelines. And while that is true and has definitely helped my motivation, I go back to the fact that I am the one who decided to go back to school. I am the one who decided to work full time and I am the one who ensured that I got great grades. And while I agree my ambitions might not be to conquer the world, they are still pretty noble. Though the funniest part about me exploring this whole sloth laziness thing is even talking about how I don't relate feels a little bit like conflict. <laughs> I found myself writing this and thinking, is the Enneagram Institute going to be mad at me for disagreeing? Like, am I, is my natural state actually supposed to be a napper? Am I wrong? I, I mean, I understand that this particular, you know, no, no, I'm fine. This particular part doesn't relate to me right now and that's okay. But is it? <laughs> Do they know me better than I know myself? Can they tell me what to think? Don't be mad at me. And yeah, naps would probably make everyone a better person. But just in case naps aren't your thing or you don't have the time to nap, here are some actual practical ways that as a nine, you can help yourself develop. Learn to say no. Although I'm glad I didn't say no to doing this podcast because I laughed, I cried, I felt like an idiot, but eventually learned more about myself through this process. Although I know I'm going to have a vulnerability hangover when this comes out. Learn to recognize exactly what you want or need from any given situation. You are allowed to pursue your real desires. Learn from healthy threes and invest in your own talents. Take time to develop skills that actually move you towards your boldest goals in life. Not that I needed an excuse to invest in Danielle Bennett. Notice when you're lost in imagination and could take a tangible action. Whether it's getting back in the dating pool or calling up an old friend, try not to just daydream about people and places, interact with them. Learn to recognize and process your anger. Anger is inherently a good emotion. It points you towards what you love. So pay attention to it and listen to what it has to say before it bubbles up over the surface. One of my all-time top five favorite movies is Say Anything, and I try to live my life by the quote John Cusack says to his sister Joan. How hard is it just to decide to be in a good mood and then be in a good mood? As nines, we love silver linings, harmony, optimism, being inclusive, 
and the belief that every story will end and they lived happily ever after. But maybe it's okay to not always be in a good mood. Nines can have a holy love as it transcends all barriers and brokenness to bring about true healing and connection. It's not always the most peaceful thing to do, but it is the realest kind of love. Holy love embraces the light and the dark and does not seek to negate the hard things in life, for it can only love because of these painful realities. But maybe to really lean into the healing powers we nines possess, we need to first admit that we are broken. I'll end on a quote by one of my favorite nines and fellow Yinzers, Mr. Rogers. Anything that's human is mentionable, and anything that is mentionable can be more manageable. When we talk about our feelings, they become less overwhelming, less upsetting, and less scary. And the people we trust with that important talk can help us know that we are not alone. Everybody should have a nine in their corner. I want to be the person that people can talk to. I want to cure loneliness. And I want to celebrate one day of sobriety with just as much passion and love as I celebrate 10 years. I enhance and encourage the winds of people around me. And that's one hell of a superpower. It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood, a beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? It's a neighborly day in this beauty wood, a neighborly day for a beauty.